The diamond I realized. The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. So here we have some yellow crocs normally worn on the beach. There's loads of holes all around them and they're quite dirty at the bottom. There's a little strap at the back where it's meant to attach to your heel and there's a little croc logo on each side of the shoe. There's many dots inside the shoes to show where your foot should be placed and these are size 7. These shoes belong to Brody and this is his story. My name is Brody Young. I live in Elgin in Murrayshire and what I generally do with my time is I make films so I work for Out of the Darkness Theatre Company and I'm generally their kind of in-house filmmaker-y boy, if that makes sense. So whenever there's a promotional video that needs done or a show that needs recorded or anything of that nature, it's usually my name that gets called on to do that sort of thing. I suppose these shoes are so significant to me because there's a lot of memory attached to them. They've almost taken on something all of their own, where when I look at them, it's almost like they have a personality. I mean, they're all battered and, and dusty and far too small for me. But for some reason, I've hung on to these because they just mean something to me. When I heard about this project, I thought I actually have the perfect, perfect story for this project because the shoes saved my life. How can I not do this? They're sentimental to me. They've had an impact on me. Maybe they might make someone else stop and just ponder for a little about what happened. I first got into film when I was eight years old because at Christmas time I got given a really rubbish little camcorder with like a screen that was an inch long. It was really rubbish and it wasn't even an image, it was just a series of blobs that you got from it. But it was enough to kind of trigger my fascination. And I basically got it that Christmas and it was about the only thing I played with, I just never put it down. I suppose the reason why I'm attracted so much to film is just because I can express exactly what's going on in my subconscious mind and show somebody it and they can either come back at me and say oh that's exactly how I feel, that that's really the way I look on life or they can go the complete opposite way and say oh I've never even, that's never occurred to me before I think it's because I'm a bit of a control freak it sounds really cheesy and corny when you hear people say this but you do kind of create your own little world in a film where you control the physics of that world the weather, the emotions, the people, the way it looks so you can make things exactly the way you want it and whether that's to express something you're unhappy about or whether that's to express something you're ecstatic about you can use that as a tool for expression I think it's really cool It was the day before my 12th birthday so I was 11 years old and the charger for the camera a week or so before that had broke it had just stopped working and we had got a new one from online. We'd bought this new charger. And to all intents and purposes, it was the brand that the camera was. It was a very, very convincing forgery. Um, so where you have the plug that goes into the wall and the cable that runs into a small box 
and then another cable that goes into your camera. This small box, I didn't know at the time, is designed to prevent, essentially, the entire 240 volts from the wall going into the camera. It's designed to stop that from happening. Um, and I was outside in my Wendy house at the time with my good friend Katie, and we were filming, because <laughs> I was really into Ardman and Nick Park then, so we were filming Creature Comforts, and we got all our stuffed animals out. And um, I had went to pick up the camera, and the circuitry inside this charger had gone wrong, essentially, and the entire 240 volts from the wall went in one hand, through my chest, and out the other hand for a continuous amount of time. I'm not sure how long. Um, it could be 12 seconds, but it felt like 30 seconds. It felt longer than it was. It was a really weird sensation, because I remember being totally conscious and cognizant the whole time. It's not like I blacked out or anything. And I was upright. And I'm really into Doctor Who, and the only thing that prevented my friend from touching me and killing herself was the fact that th she thought I was pretending to regenerate. <laughs> she thought I was pretending to be Doctor Who. Um, so she didn't touch me. And then I started to scream, and it wasn't just a scream, it was like a scream of death, and she just knew that something wasn't right with me. And I looked down at my arms, and they were almost like holographic, because as far as I was concerned, I had four arms. One set were raised and the other set were slightly lower, and I assume this is due to, one, the electricity in my head, and two, the fact that my arms were vibrating at such a rate that it probably did look as though there was four of them. I can't explain it. I just hallucinated or something. I had four arms for some reason. And it, it, the convulsion, it was like... I actually remember a few months after leaning up against the washing machine and the way it vibrated and convulsed, I thought, oh, I'm getting flashbacks. It just reminds me of that time I was electrocuted because it's like hugging a washing machine times ten. That's the only way I can describe it. I remember my friend just saying, are you all right? And I said no, and for some reason I instantly knew what had happened to me, even though I'd never been or seen anybody electrocuted before. just knew that's what had happened for some reason. And I told my mum, and she just assumed, oh, he's probably, I don't know, used a light switch with a wet finger or something like that. He's probably just got a little zap. He's probably just been zapped a little bit. And then I showed her the burns. And my mum's a qualified nurse. And she took one look at these burns and she went, uh-uh, you're going into hospital. So I went into hospital. They were quite relaxed. They just dressed the burns and kind of sent me on my way because I think if you survive an electrocution, you've survived. So I was left with these burns. They were charcoal when they were fresh on. Um, there were just big black patches on my hands, but there's one now on my left hand and two on my right. The left hand's the entry burn, so it's like this little patch of skin, about five centimetres along. And it looks as though there's no fingerprints or anything, no distinctive features. It's this little patch of skin and it's like it's been melted. It's really weird. And in my right hand, there's two little smaller burns. It must have The electricity must have forked somewhere inside my hand and came out in two points because there's two basically smaller versions of that where there's no distinguishable features. It's just like the skin's melted on these two marks. And the only thing that saved my life, so I was told... This is really embarrassing. <laughs> the only thing that saved my life was the fact that I was wearing a set of Disneyland yellow Crocs that <laughs> insulated me from the floor. <laughs>
I never actually wanted to take them off after that. I remember going to a wedding and all my parents were laughing at me because I came down from the hotel room to go to this wedding in my kilt, my shirt, my big white socks and my Crocs and my sporting. <laughs> and I would not take them off at all in case I got electrocuted again. It's not like I was nervous though because the very next day I went straight back out onto the Wendy house and finished the Creature Comforts video with a different camera. It's not as though I was petrified or anything. But it did... Um, it was awful experience, but I remember quite enjoying the, the backlash of it because my mum called a paper. <laughs> my mum called the Northern Scot to give them the story because she thought, I don't know, she didn't want anyone else going buying these chargers from online, is what she said. I think she just wanted the fame, but we'll not tell her that. Um, <laughs> so they came to my door when I was out filming something else yet again. And I, my mum got a text saying from a neighbour, by the way, the papers are at your house. Oh, that's fine, we'll go back. I didn't want to go back, I was busy filming, but hey-ho. And then in the following weeks, it was then just paper after paper after paper after paper at my door. And I was just quite enjoying everyone from school saying, you're the boy that was in the paper, you got electrocuted. Oh, that's so cool. I remember just being really amused by that. Because um, up until then, I wasn't, Brody in school, I was, oh, you're Kieran's brother. I was, you know, some, I wasn't, yeah. And then after that, I was Brody. I was the one from the paper. So I remember quite enjoying that. <laughs> and now, as an adult, I have to live with the fact that my friends regularly just go and do a quick Google search and they bring up about 10 different photos of me in yellow Crocs <laughs> and laugh at me, <laughs> um, which is sweet, but <laughs> it's also really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose these shoes are so significant to me because they almost represent in my head the journey I've made from being eight years old and getting that camera for Christmas to being here in my office with my recording equipment, doing it for a living, and they almost symbolise that journey for me. I like the fact that um, this one hobby has had so much stuff attached to it. It kind of makes it more special for me. Brody's story was produced by Mark Vernon. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next.